Much like Interview with the Vampire, I vaguely remember seeing the original Swedish movie that the show is based on more than a decade ago. It yeah, was, I mean, I heard about it for like a good, I think, over 10 years. It's a very years. famous horror film. Yeah. In fact, if you haven't seen it, go see it before you watch the show. Or if you've already seen the show, it really doesn't hurt the movie. The movie's quite different. What well, I remember... Because the American remake and the original both got critical acclaim. Like, both of them... The American and, remake got uh, critical yeah, acclaim? Yeah, Let Me In even got critical acclaim. came out in 2010 with Chloe Grace Moretz. And, like, I think that most of the praise for both films goes to the, like, child actors and how mature it seemed that they were. Hmm. Well, what I remember about the original was that it was a slow burn. It culminated in a giant climactic scene that had a lot of reveals, a lot of violence. It took place in kind of a small... Mostly vacant town, very Stockholm, snowy. Right, I think. Uh, possibly. It's been a while. And then virtually most of the screen time was these two kid actors, and there were very few adults in the movie. And the vampire kid was a lot more mysterious. We didn't get much origin story about them until the end, while the friend that she makes was much more timid, possibly even younger than the version we're seeing here in Isaiah. But that would also explain why he was being bullied in the original. The American interpretation is meant to be a wider appeal for audiences right. everywhere. Yeah. yeah, so you're saying that where the film kind of was more subtle on that aspect, the like TV series is more slower. Yeah. The pacing was different. This one, they they changed a few things. It takes place in Manhattan, so you go from <laughs> somewhere that's just a small town somewhere to like somewhere that's very busy mm -hmm. yeah. all the time. But ironically, they make it a more vacant version of Manhattan because of this string of murders that's going yeah, on. Yeah, and there weren't, like, a lot of, like, extras or anything in this show. So. Yeah, I don't know if it was because they couldn't get a lot of people or more. It just fit with the vibe they were trying to tell with the vampire story. It just seemed like an odd setting, kind of like a Will Smith apocalyptic version of Manhattan <laughs> or, like, a COVID version of Manhattan when no one is in Times Square at all. But I feel like a string of murders, that's happened in New York enough where yeah. people would still be walking around. Because, <laughs> like, it happens all the time, but yeah. Well, no, more like in the 70s. But the other changes were just as glaring because like Ellie, the kid vampire, her backstory is revealed really early on and mm -hmm. her they lean on her relationship with her father. That's something that you don't see in the movie. You also have Isaiah, who's extremely extroverted. He loves magic. And I seriously question why that kid would be bullied. Yeah, by like every single person. Like by those it. three main bullies, but he's also ignored. He doesn't have any friends. But from what his attitude is like, it doesn't seem like his vibe would be yeah. the type of yeah, kid who no. would just be ostracized just because he likes to do card tricks. Mm -hmm. I remember as a kid liking to watch card tricks. So I don't see why no kid <laughs> would find that interesting. And then also one of the biggest twists in the movie cannot happen in this show just based off stuff that we've learned already and i won't spoil what that twist is and then the last thing is i think they added the cure storyline to the show as well from what i understand in the movie and the tv series this tv series is like completely different the only thing that's really similar is the storyline between the two kids yeah so when the kids meet and we'll go through the plot but when they meet and she's in the tree there is this courtyard that constantly is like the main setting of the original movie. And it looks a lot like where it is there, where you have the snowy layout and it's just a kid in the middle of this. Oh, and you have all the apartments on the side. That's but like, for example, Mark, again, Dam Damien Bashir. Yeah, he's he, the like, dad. You were just talking about how there weren't a lot of like adults in the movie. And it seemed like this one, it spent a fair amount of time with like Isaiah's mom. Sure, and, let's yeah. just jump right into it. So yeah. the first shot we get is this Peter guy being burnt to a crisp. I'm not exactly sure where he is, but his uh, like rich Dr. Logan is his dad. And he's like this rich entrepreneur who has uh, made a lot of drugs. Yeah. Like he's part of a drug company. Uh, he's very sick, but he's telling Peter to go stand out in the sun 
because they think they've cured him of his vampirism. Mm -hmm. And uh, what happens? He turns into, like, well, a, at very, a sun crisp. at very first, he's able to see the sun and he's happy about it. But then, yeah, he, like, bursts into flames. Yeah. And my question is, like, why not just start off with an arm? If you're not sure it's going to work, why not start off with a small body part? Instead, you, <laughs> you, go in there you virtually almost die in the first scene. Yeah. So I think he is dead for the bulk of the episode. But yeah, we'll so address that so storyline later yeah. on. Then we go to our main character, our main guy, Damian Beecher. I, you might not recognize him. He was in Weeds. Yeah, I, I, yeah. He was the, I saw that he was in it, but I didn't remember what character he was. He was played. like in the fourth season onward. He was the uh, Mexican, like he ran for mayor or something of the town. Mm -hmm. And Nancy starts to date her. He was also one of the main characters in The Bridge where he was either, I think he was a detective in that, but he plays Mark and he's a scruffy looking guy who's moving back to New York with this giant suitcase that just so happens to have his daughter in it. Yeah, I knew, like, I it seemed like the writers were trying to make it like, what could he possibly have in the suitcase? And like right away, even when he was on the train, I was like, there's a person in there. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they were trying to hide it too much, especially when this Girl Scouts uh, were being sold and they were talking about his daughter and he gave that like forlorn look into the like past of like how long she's been a vampire. Yeah. Um, the scratching language, I like that they can contact each other that way because they, they constantly show how close they are and and that was just a, a pro for me but then he talks to the box in front of the neighbor before he moves into the apartment yeah. which i found stupid <laughs> why would you do that you know what it reminded me of it reminds me of like people who speak to their dogs right before they're about to go inside their rooms like they're always like yeah we're, we're coming in right now but again yeah it, it comes across weird obviously to naomi and isaiah when he like is out there well isaiah thinks that mark is normal he doesn't see it he even says to his mom that guy seems cool um but yeah the mom is a detective and we learn about like how serious she is she she can figure out all the magic tricks like yeah. obviously she's going to figure out what's going on next door at some point um but yeah then he gets inside mark does his apartment he lets ellie out and she's very thirsty because she's a vampire yeah and like this happens in every single vampire tv show it seems like the caretaker always has to like slit part of their arm well see that i had a problem with because this has been proven that it's been like 10 years that she's been a vampire at least because mm -hmm. his friend tells tells him that in the exposition dump later on yeah. but he hasn't learned how to tap his own vein also, the amount of blood that came out from one little scratch, <laughs> I heard her bugging for a while. She, she, she had a full meal there, and that was really strange because of just how much he cut off. So it, it, I think by then they should have a backup plan too, like an emergency something, supply, because yeah. that comes into play later on when she literally, where, where he literally has to do something drastic in order for her to eat. Yeah, but I did like the way that it looked because like whenever you were inside the apartment, it had like the green overtones, and it did kind of fit that horror element that they were going for. Sure, the and this is produced yeah. by Showtime, so you got the budget and there's no filter. Like you're not being produced by Disney, so they can do whatever they want which is promising and then we jump to the neighbor storyline again we've got detective naomi she's about to take her son isaiah to school and who shows up but the kind of deadbeat dad he's he's uh he's going to aa meetings and he's trying to shape his life back together he even as a three-month chip yeah. yeah oh and i jumped over the part where they detective naomi does something kind of strange so her son she knows is getting bullied right right and he wants to leave the house with like a purple sports jacket which i assume is sort of like a magic outfit. for magic yeah it even yeah. says like it has the inner pocket and then she's like you might not want to wear that it makes you an easy target well why would you buy it for him then <laughs> well, and then and later on in later on in the episode when she wants to sort of like do something nice she goes to the magic shop and she buys him two different types of uh, magic supplies yeah. so that he can because he loves it but then she also when she gives it to him says don't use this basically 
Because he I wants mean, to go outside and use it. And she's like, maybe don't do that. And it's like, why are you buying? Why are you enabling the behavior that you don't like? I had the same opinion when she was buying the gifts. But with the, like, sports jacket, I understood. Because it's like, that's just something he's into. So he's going to want to practice, like, be on stage. He's going to want to have, like, the full feel They're literally having a talent show the next day. And he's a kid wearing co- sort of a sports jacket. Again, I don't think he would be bullied for that reason if he was, if he was so confident with it. I like, mean, it would yeah. be one thing if he was embarrassed by it. Yeah, no. But like he was, <laughs> he was going yeah. up to random people in the lunchroom and trying to make conversations. That's something that someone does when they are confident with themselves. And so <laughs> I, I just had a real problem with Isaiah's, the way that they were trying to say that he was a bullied kid. I just yeah. don't buy it. That was probably one of my biggest cons. But his dad shows up at the, uh, at the car, basically inviting himself to dinner saying, I'm a changed man. I can do better. And he doesn't come across also like a drug dealer. Yeah, no, that was like he is. That was that. Yeah, that was actually one of my biggest cons. It's like the dad seemed like a really cool guy, but not in the sense where it's like there was something like mysterious under him or there was something where it's like you should be suspicious. It's like he seemed just like a cool dude. Even (laughs) when he later on gets the text message to tell him where the drop is so that he can go pick up the drugs so he can sell them later. He doesn't act like a dealer there. He's like overselling the dad stick too well. Like, they cast this guy, and they were like, he. I know anyone can be a drug dealer no matter how they look, but his personality did not dictate someone who in at all would be intimidating enough to come off as is someone who sells drugs yeah. on the normal. I don't know. But, yeah, both their castings were a little interesting to me. It turns out that because of all the murder victims in New York, they have great parking spots, though, because she had, when she was driving him to school, a, a parking spot right outside her apartment in midtown Manhattan, which is just insane. Which, as we know from yeah, How To with John Wilson, is, like, almost impossible. Yeah, and if you've ever been to New York and you've tried to find a place to park, it's just crazy. Um, so, yeah, she goes to work. We see her find a dead body, and she, then she interviews this homeless guy who says, well, the guy who killed him had glowing eyes. So we're <laughs> like, okay, well, it was a vampire, right? Yeah. Um, we learned later on that that's not the case. And then Mark... He needs work, so he goes and he finds his ex-best friend who owns this restaurant and who he hasn't seen in 10 years. And it was the restaurant that he used to own. Well, not that he used to to be the main chef. Yeah. Yes. But the thing that got me was why didn't the friend recognize him? It had only been 10 years, and we got a backflash of what he looked like 10 years earlier, and he just had a shaved uh, beard, and he wore a hat. When did he not recognize him? He When he first got there, and he was like, hi. And then he had to be like, hi, brother. And then that's when the guy was oh, like, yeah, oh, brother. that's who you are. And it's like, <laughs> how do you not recognize the guy with the daughter that you know is a vampire to the woman that you loved? Like, that was his backstory, uh, yeah. is that he almost married his wife? Right, yeah. I, I, didn't, I didn't recognize that, actually, at the time, but yeah, you're right. Yeah, okay, so then Mark gets his job there, and at night, that's when Ellie is uh, going out to watch the sunset because it's the only time she can really see the light, mm-hmm. and then that's where she meets Isaiah under the tree. Now, this scene was the most similar to the movie like I was talking about because it had that courtyard in the snow, but the dialogue... It sounded like adults writing for kids yeah. to me. Yeah. The dialogue was not good in this scene when they first meet, and that kind of disappointed me. But then when Ellie, uh, when Mark shows up and he takes Ellie to the Hubble Space Exhibit that night, and it was completely abandoned, again, kind of, you got to suspend disbelief there. <laughs> um, but that was cool to see. Uh, yeah, it was like the planetarium. I really liked, yeah, the the like dark lighting and everything. It reminded me of kind of BoJack Horseman, even though it wasn't as contrasted. Yeah, and the amazement on her face. The other thing is that I was starting to sound this complimentary feature between the two kids first you have the kid who's in love with magic and she's in love with science and the idea that those two could merge Mm -hmm. is is really nice Uh, so i gave that a pro and then naomi we saw that store scene even though i I knocked the fact that she likes to buy these things for her 
Cyborg Kid, I did like who was selling it. Cashier Guy was my favorite character. He, he was pretty thing. funny. Yeah. He was able to do that scene justice. It yeah. was like when John Wick goes to buy a gun and you have this guy who's really professional with it. This guy knew his magic <laughs> stuff. And it was funny when she called him out on one of the tricks that David Blaine does all the time. And mm-hmm. then later on, we heard David Blaine mentioned by the dad. So it was like, well, you guys have seen that, obviously. Yeah, no, that was my favorite character. I thought that he, yeah, favorite scene of the whole thing. Really cool. enjoyed his performance. And then Mark ditches Ellie after the Hubble t- telescope thing and uh, he because he sees one of the glowing eyed guys mm-hmm. and he thinks to himself and this is something he expressed to Nick earlier but he said I'm not telling Ellie that I'm actually still hunting for the host who turned her I'm just saying we're here because it's safe now yeah. um, but he is hunting for that host so he goes up with like a gas canister following this guy into and a subway guy, sewer could that guy have been any more obvious he wasn't wearing shoes when it was like freezing cold outside he even like steps on a beer bottle he's not doing a good job of like containing who sure. he actually is but wasn't it weird like if he was actually a vampire why he wouldn't have attacked mark earlier like if if mark was a 50 year old dude with a gas canister against a full-blown vampire who has like spider-man abilities we see climbing strength speed um and a thirst for blood like why would he think that that was a good he wasn't even trying to make it seem like he wasn't following the dude he just followed him with a cell phone and uh it did take um obviously the daughter stepping in to save the day but by the time that she like had wrestled the guy down and they knocked him out and realized he was actually high on this vampire pill Mm -hmm. that and wasn't actually a vampire himself um that was she'd already used up so much energy that she was going to be hungry again and now mark has to deal with that yep but he does get one lead from the guy that they knock out. And that is the drop-off space, the same drop-off area that uh, Isaiah's father has been contacted about meeting. So Mark goes to that meeting at the same time that the dad is showing up. Now, the dad had just been to the dinner that he had planned on earlier with Isaiah. And didn't plan on actually leaving early, right? Sure, this was supposed to be like, even the detective knew something is still up, like he's probably selling again, Mm -hmm. which is exactly what he's doing. But there was a nice scene where uh, Isaiah's dad gave him a quarter and it said 2010 on it because that's the year that Isaiah was born. Yeah, and I actually had a really big problem with that. Not with the scene itself, but the fact that he's 12 years old and it was 2010. I was that's way too weird for me. I remember 2010 way too clearly for that to be the case. Also 2010, and I'm not sure if this is why they did it. Is when Let Me In like was released. It does. It does remind me though that I was watching this and I I felt that the relationship between the dad and the daughter was a less caustic form of like the logan laura a relationship in the x-men movie or the, in the oh, logan movie and the thing that really strikes me about that is that daphne keen could have played a perfect version of this kid the kid vampire mm-hmm. but she's too old now so that yeah. was like wow she aged out of the perfect time that they could have cast her for playing that vampire because she has like an extra seriousness that this Ellie version does not have and I'm okay with this version because she's more emotional and we also learn way more about her backstory here about how her mom passed away and how she's only been a vampire for 10 years and how her dad has tried to keep her on the straight and narrow despite everything and that she is just doing her best and she doesn't want to hurt people but like she's also fighting off this thirst that she has so I'm all good with that it just is quite different than the original movie I agree. I will only say this and I won't get into their views yet, but people are a little annoyed with the fact because they're trying to go multiple seasons with this that uh, the person who plays Eleanor and also the person who plays Isaiah are might so like... Old? Yeah, they're the, too old. They might age out of the sure, roles. Sure. Yeah. 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 I can, especially since vampires aren't supposed to age. That's like her <laughs> one thing, unless she gets the cure. And then it wouldn't be much about that show, would mm-hmm. it? Okay. So the dad leaves the dinner. 
Um, Mark shows up at the drop. He shouldn't be there. The dad knows this. He gets suspicious. And he, in a very kind way, again, not like a drug dealer, says, <laughs> have a nice night. And then <laughs> Mark, who loves his gas, gasses the dude, somehow drags his body in the middle of the street to this, like, random location where he's able to torture the guy. And it was just so obvious he was going to kill him. It wasn't... I was... Well, I mean, I knew there was going to be a back and forth, but I thought when the dad brought up the fact that he had a kid and that he was clean, like, I knew the clean thing would be like, oh, this is perfect for my daughter to drink his blood now mm -hmm. because she needs clean blood. But at the same time, I just... I, there was a part of me that was pretty sure he wasn't going to the kill him. The weirdest part of it was the fact that when he brought up his... the fact that he had a kid, that was almost a thing that was the driving force for Mark to kill him, like, well, no. ever, after that moment no, no, i'm not i'm not saying it was the him. thing that said he was been clean that he's i understand had the but i'm saying that the way that the scene played out it was like it by reminded that point, him of his own commitment yeah. to his own child i get that and mark is playing this character who is a villain really um but he he's doing it for i guess the right reasons he wants to be the villain in place of his daughter becoming the villain right so he's like taking on that dark passenger for himself sort of like the dexter character the other thing, though, is that once he comes back and he gives the gallon of blood from Isaiah's father on the floor, I was convinced that human bodies had more than a gallon of blood. Yeah. Apparently, they only have like a gallon and a half in them. So like that was a completely legitimate amount to get. I thought I was like, well, why don't you bring a reserve like two gallons or something and then keep one in the freezer or something. Does she need it fresh? Is that what's going on? And she on? uses it all up though. That was a thing. Yeah, so but we skipped over a scene where she goes back to the courtyard when she sees Isaiah playing his magic tricks by himself, actually hitting the volleyball. She goes down there. She's about to eat him. That was the most like the movie that I remember yeah. because she was so dark in that moment. But then he shows her the magic trick and earlier that dialogue had been horrible. This dialogue wasn't as bad. I like this interaction between Ellie and uh, Isaiah because it felt more authentic and it gave them a reason to connect. Then, though, when she runs back to her apartment, you can see she's destroyed the place because she's so damn hungry. She's scratching on the walls. When yeah. she gets her beverage, she, like, makes up with her dad and uh, all is good. And we get then we jump back to Peter's storyline where we've gotten very rare amounts of information from, but it really can, sort of concludes at the end here. So Peter survived. <laughs> Despite burning up his dad, his sick dad was able to pull him safely then Dr. Logan called he up. He burst into flames. Sure. <laughs> he yeah. burst into flames. He was dead. Like, there's yeah. no way that even if he was a vampire, you were going to be able to survive that. That's fair. That's fair. Um, but yeah, Dr. Logan calls his daughter, who thought that Peter was dead too, but not from that, but from years earlier, because that's what she had been told. She comes in. She sees her dad is sick. She doesn't care because she doesn't like her dad. Mm -hmm. But he's like, you have to continue my research. And then he brings her to this room where Peter is laying there, and he is still burnt as a Chris. He's he does not have the Reginald the vampire. Oh. Oh, no. ability of quick healing that is not something that exists they can't eat food and they can't quick heal but they can do spider-man moves so there's a little <laughs> bit like you know you take some you <laughs> you lose some and so uh she talks to peter and he's like claire and he's like you look so like old basically <laughs> and then uh they look at the photo and the photo is from like i guess 10 12 years earlier and it shows that you have peter in it you have younger claire and you also have guess who our main character, Ellie. So Ellie's in the photo there, and we don't know. I didn't who know. I didn't recognize who. that. They zoomed in on. I her. didn't recognize that. that I was know. Like the I know they did the pan. I didn't recognize that. They <laughs> zoomed in on her. Anyway, so we don't know who turned who, but we know that one of them was biting the other one. One of them is the host to the other one, or maybe both were bitten by something that was a monster back then. So that's how their storylines are related. Also, 
the Dr. Logan guy is close to a cure. And my thought is maybe that new drug that's going around the city yeah. is partly produced by him. Maybe that was like his version of trying to make a cure and it turned it up turned out being like this weird high drug that people could use to turn slightly into vampires. I know that Vampire Diaries like orange gusher. Vampire Diaries had a very similar story arc where there was a cure, I think like in the fourth season or something like that. Well, it's yeah. only a matter of time if you're going to keep a vampire show uh, going long enough that people are going to try to turn the vampire into it. It's kind of like The Walking Dead. It's it's It should be given to their credit that they haven't tried to introduce a cure-cure. Because <laughs> that would have been such an yeah. easy thing to do in like the fifth season. But they did have the comics that they were trying to go through. Yeah. Um, um, the vampires here are, as we said, they can't eat human food. They're unlike Reginald in that way. They have retractable fangs, slow healing, Spider-Man abilities, a thirst for blood. And they. And the interesting thing is that if they find the host, then they might actually find some answers. Mm -hmm. And some of them, they don't. It doesn't matter if you kill the host or if you, you know the host. It, it doesn't. Yeah, it, it's just like whatever. But um, if you had to like rate this episode, what would you give it? What would you give it? I would give it a low 6 out of 10. This is a low passing. I thought that the acting is fine. It has interesting parts to it. But, like, overall, just the weird kind of... It seems like they're throwing so much in. You have, like, the family drama, the horror aspect to it. And it just feels like it's coming into, like, a kind of a bad mesh. But overall, I do think that, like, you can enjoy the show if you're into that type of thing. Overall, I see potential. And I agree with you. I also give it a 6 out of 10. Because the pilot has a lot of plot holes. And we addressed those, I think. But it also had a lot of moments that I liked and uh, thought that they could really expound upon over the next few episodes. I also saw the trailer at the end of the episode for the next few. The only part that scared me was when she was like, I'm falling in love with Isaiah or whatever. Mm. And I was like, "This she's been a vampire for 10 years, so she should be in her 20s in real <laughs> life. But like, obviously, she's emotionally stunted. Um, it's always that weird thing, yeah. Well, yeah, but usually not for like, kid kids like it, it's one thing if it's like a teenager near adult and it's and you got edward and what's her face and, and twilight <laughs> edward universe Bella. and they're yeah. getting married and whatever but like this is a, she's falling in love with a kid that's half her age <laughs> but whatever um the uh, overall though yeah six out of ten and i think that the show could have potential to be good i know they're planning to go more seasons uh the reviews have been kind of mixed um actually the critics have been a little bit harsh to it as a 65 percent on ron tomatoes the critics are comparing it to the original but I guarantee yes it. no no that's exactly a thing but even though as a 65 percent on ron tomatoes which is technically a tomato you have places like the guardian giving the pilot or i think even the first season two out of five stars ap cup did they the get full. to see the full season i think that they got six episodes what apparently happened was andrew hinderaker he is the person who created this show he gave them episodes one through five he decided to skip six because he said episode seven is like its own story. So what he did was he gave them the first five episodes and episode seven. Which is like a backstory <laughs> or an independent story. It's probably yeah. Peter's story or something. Yeah. I don't know. The Guardian gave the pilot two out of five stars. AV Club gave the pilot a C plus saying as a series jumps between goofy romance, crime procedural, family drama, and horror, it loses all its narrative steam. You have Variety saying there's stuff here that makes one root for the show. Unfortunately, it does not stand out in a crowded marketplace for vamp dramas going not to say it fails to draw a connection to its premise and actual horror however even though the critics have not been too nice to it it seems like the audience is 95 percent uh audience score on Rotten tomatoes and on reddit it seems like people are for it it has a seven on imdb that's off of like 250 reviews yeah 
kind of like the seven from fire country where it was based on 400 reviews but the critics were panning it <laughs> yeah and it has a like kind of weird history because apparently uh, a couple years ago it was supposed to be on a and e then it switched to Ooh, tnt that would have been a worse show I it think. switched to tnt and then finally showtime got their hands on it but then right as they were shelving it this was something that was very strange so andrew Hinderaker, again, that's the creator for yeah, the show. Yeah, you seem to struggle with in, that last name. <laughs> well, yeah, it's kind of hard to say, but he was in a meeting, and what happened was five minutes into the meeting, the Showtime executives were just kind of talking about shows they could do, and one of them offhandedly were like, oh, yeah, we're also going to shelve, let the right one in. This sounds like the beginning of Reboot, Appar like the, yeah. in the actual show. Well, apparently what he did then was he was like, you know what, guys, I know that we just started this meeting, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to stop it here. Even though he wasn't the one to call the meeting, I'm going to go home, I'm going to watch let the right one in come back and if i think that it's like it's if it's as effective to me as it was when i originally watched it i'll want to make the show of it and they were like okay was fine it the chloe grace Moretz version no no, no, no. <laughs> i'm just joking and he and he said he wanted to make this very clear let the right one in was his favorite movie way before he was doing the tv series for it so that's why he felt so strongly on doing it he rewatched the film isn't and then, that crazy that like someone just one higher up guy can be like or girl well, he can has, just be like okay well we're making this now he has an interesting past because he worked on penny dreadful along with some other writers those other writers went on to direct or i think write last night in soho but then he said that he's pitched three shows all three of them were buyers oh, but sorry. two of them were actually made this one and then again penny dreadful he also worked on away with matt reeves who directed Let So he Me didn't in. just work on Penny Dreadful, he actually he wrote it. for it. Yeah, he wrote for it, and he created and wrote away, again, the show that we did about the astronauts in outer space. Oh, the show that got canceled. Yes, but I think that this pilot is a lot better than the Away pilot was. Yeah, you watched that one, I didn't. Yeah, that I was in space, and I, it'd be crazy if they added vampires in space. It's I'm, only a matter of time, though. Obviously, he mentioned, like, Dracula, as well as, like, kind of the old-timey vampires for, like, how we went to go about shooting this uh, series. I guess there's that moment where she's sneaking up on Isaiah and it's she's just in the background or when her dad leaves the Hubble ta uh, space pl station and she's just in the background for one frame and then she's gone because she's climbing up the thing. So, I mean, it's just classic horror tropes, but I, I don't see it as quite as impressive because like we've done three vampire shows in a row. And if you look at Interview with the Vampire, they were also doing I a lot I still think of, that's the best one that we've done out, out of the one. three. Yeah, yeah, Reginald was more of a cheesy, like, kids show. And then this one, it has potential, like we're talking about, but it, it hasn't proven itself yet. Um, but, yeah, so overall, I would say the show is probably worth a watch if you're a fan of Damien uh, Beecher or if you've actually just, yeah, if you're a fan of the original uh, movie, just give it, give it a try, you know? Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for listening. We'll see you on the next episode. Hope you enjoyed this one. Bye. Bye.